Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Corcoran. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm pretty thrilled today to have Jamie O'Loughlin from the Cairns Taipans and also the Cairns Marlins uh, head coach with me today. So welcome, Jamie. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for coming on the podcast and appreciate your time this morning. It's going to be a real interesting chat, I think, like looking at uh, what you've just finished in terms of the, the Cairns Taipans NBL season and and also, you know, what's happening up there with the, the Taipans and the Marlins uh, relationship. So, yeah, lots to talk about. Hopefully, I can nail you to the seat for a little while and, and get to the bottom of some of that stuff. <laughs> no, looking forward to it. Always happy to talk hoops. Yeah, good stuff. Well, mate, what I normally do with the guests I have on is just tell us, you know, get them to tell me a little bit your basketball journey. I, I was having a look at the stuff you've done, obviously, down there with Basketball Geelong and in the, the Siebel and then also working with Australian youth teams as well and, and being having a bit of success there too with at world championships and other other events perth as well as assistant coach like that's probably a whole nother podcast we could talk about and then working with bevo as well with the with the university's team so yeah if you could just maybe tell us a bit about what the journey's been like for you and who's influenced you you know so far in your coaching yeah uh, yeah i mean it has been it has been a big journey so far and, and hopefully there's there's a lot still to come um but I, I mean, I'm a Geelong kid and, and um, just grew up, you know, just playing all sorts of sports and, and basketball uh, sort of really grabbed my attention uh, in my mid-teens and, and started to take me away from, you know, footy and cricket and that sort of stuff that, that you do. Um, and uh, I really, you know, by the end of, by the end of uh, high school, um, you know, I was just, I was totally totally um, enamoured by the sport and, um, and you know, started to really just dedicate myself to, to playing and, and training and, and, but also coaching. Um, and and it's, it's, it's then that the coaching journey started um, for the, the simple reason. And I tell people when I run coaching courses, you know, we all have different reasons of starting. But, um, you know, I started because um, – I needed to pay my fees to play in uh, for my local club there in Geelong, and uh, one of the ways to avoid paying fees was to coach one of the teams. So nice. um, I put my hand up and said, "I'll coach," and and they gave me um, an under sixteen girls team that you know a group of kids that hadn't won a game for about two years, and and there was I think there was six players in the team at that stage, and um, they said, "Here you go," and I was like, "Okay, so let me see what I can do here." So that was the <laughs> That was the beginning, and and um, you know, and then it's just begin. It's been a bit of a um, uh, a journey um, since then. So I, I kind of got involved in um, basketball development in Geelong, um, working with the um, what is now the the uh, Stingrays program, but um, in its formative years was was a private basketball uh, association uh, league in Geelong. Um, and I started there just working in school, with schools and developing and, and growing the sport um, at a domestic level and, and obviously also uh, doing a little playing at the same time there in Geelong and then uh, went overseas and, um, and lived in England for a few years and I played right. coach while I was over there, which was a little bit of fun. And, and then um, when I came back, 
um, that was when I really decided that I'm, I'm going to try and just see where coaching might take me. So, um, you know, I realised I was never going to be a player of, of NBL standard um, sometime before that, but I sort of also got to that point where, look, you know, I've, I've done probably what I'm going to do in playing terms. I'll, I'll play where I can, but, um, you know, it's not going to be at the elite level, but I think maybe I could coach at the elite level. So um, I put my efforts into that through basketball Geelong and coaching um, in their rep program as soon as I got back from the States, uh, sorry, from uh, the UK and then into uh, the Vic Country program. So I then spent um, about a decade, um, you know, working in schools in Geelong, working in in um, the local representative program and domestic program and coaching uh, Country Vic. So that gave me a good grounding, moved into, I got an opportunity then to get involved with Australian junior team stuff, which was which was fun and, and still involved in that uh, to this day. Um, and at similar time, uh, jumped up to coaching the Siebel. So started that journey. So spent nine years in the in the Siebel. Um, and then and then went across to Perth, took the step across to Perth and got into the NBL. And um, you know, three years there and now three years here and a couple of um, junior world championships and, and world uni games sort of uh, on the fly while I've been doing that as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a fun journey and, and um, moved around a little bit and, uh, you know, as I said, hopefully more experiences, more fun and possibly more moves in the future. But, um, you know, having fun here in Cairns right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, just a fantastic journey today, like you say. Um, I guess I just wanted to get into a little bit of, you know, what, what some of the coaches you've worked with and get a feel for, like, uh, I guess what you've picked up in terms of um, the way you coach now and, and the ideas that you've got. So probably uh, Trevor Gleeson might be a good place to start. Um, you had the, the two years over there in Perth and, and in the years that they won too. So um, what sort of things, you know, in the way that the Trevor coaches, I suppose that that you identified as you know, like those are things that I might put in my toolbox and and take it with me. Yeah, yeah, I had um, it was look, it was a it was a very good experience to be somewhere like that. Um, and I think as a starting point for the NBL to be in a club um, that's like that, um, you know, they're very it's a very um, very professionally run. Um, almost a, I like to think of it and when I explain to people more of like a corporate world, to be honest, you know, um, so very different to what I'd been involved in. So, you know, with the Geelong Supercats in the Seabull, um, you know, obviously that's a semi-professional league. So, um, it is different. And while you behave in a professional manner, it's, it's also, you know, a part-time venture for most people involved. So, yeah. um, very different then to go to to um, to Perth and, and the three years that I had there. You know, the first year I was there, um, we we uh, had some some challenges, I think, and and it was interesting to see how the club and Trevor dealt with those. And and then we won two championships the next two years after that. So it was fun to be involved in that and and, and be around you know elite players um, and and a successful environment. You know, Trevor. Um, is is the thing I liked about Trevor was the fact that he was very clear about how he wanted the game played, and right. so it was easy to then break that down 
into small chunks and then try to deliver it to the players. Um, and he and he continues to do that. Um, sometimes you know he's uh, he, he's a little more direct than some people might like about that. <laughs> but um, you know that's it's brought him a lot of success. Um, and um, you know so you know credit to to him to have been in the league for such a long time and had such a great amount of success now uh, um, at Perth. Um, and you know look he's. He's definitely going to go down as one of the um, the all-time coaches in the league now with the with the record that he's put together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to talk about the NBL season just gone, but like I, I probably before that, I just want to uh, ask a little bit about when you coach with. Aaron Fern as well up there in Cairns and and I suppose I've had Mick Downer on the show as well and great talking to Mick he's um, known him for a long time too so got his sort of insights into you know working with with Aaron and how was that experience from you again like another coach different different approach maybe but you know one of the things that you you learnt and I guess uh, are now influencing the way you coach that you picked up from from Aaron yeah I mean Aaron Aaron was uh, I actually really enjoyed you know, that season with Aaron in terms of seeing how, um, you know, he operates and has a different way of doing things um, to Trevor and, and and possibly a different way to uh, most coaches that I've worked with. And, and you know, I, I have been extremely lucky that I've worked with some outstanding coaches yeah. um, in along my journey and um, Aaron's definitely one of those. He... He's a real thinker of the game. Um, you know, he he's um, he's happy to evolve. And he wants to he wants to challenge his thoughts around it. He wants to be challenged. Um, and then and then you know he really um, he likes to break it down um, and make sure that every possible angle is covered. Um, so the detail becomes extremely important. You know, for him um, and. Yeah, again, that's something that has obviously brought him um, a great deal of success in the CANS program over a long period of time mm. um, is to be right across the detail and and whatever that is at the time. And, and he's definitely – he definitely changed, you know, systems, offensive and defensive systems in his time at CANS and, and that's why I say he's prepared to evolve because yep. he, he continually changed. But what I don't think ever changed was his attention to detail um, and and he and to this day, you know, talking with him, you know, that that still continues with him at the the college level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously, having a bit of success over there too, from what I can gather, they're, they're going. Yeah, on. I think they've, yeah, they've rebuilt that team a little bit um, and got some more talent in there. And um, and obviously, now second year with with um, you know, this coach. So yeah, that program looks to be on the up. Yeah, nice. So let's uh, maybe get into the the NBL season just gone. Like uh, I've got lots of questions here. Hopefully uh, you're all okay with answering. But I guess I just wanted to ask, yeah, what your role is there with the Taipans in terms of your assistant coach role and how do you guys work out who does what? Yeah, I, I guess um, well, I'm sure most stars would be the same as that, you know, the head coach kind of sets out a bit of a, a guide as to what he wants from each, each person. Um, and, and how they want to break those roles up. Um, obviously, having, um, you know, Brad here and also this year, Lennon, um, you know, two sort of guys who are fresh to coaching. Um, you know, Brad's now in second year and Lennon's in his first year as our intern coach. Um, it sort of puts me in a, in a 
slightly more senior position in, in trying to guide, not only do my perform my role as um, a support to Mike Kelly, um, but also to help guide those guys. So, which has been something I've really enjoyed to to help these guys because they're so super keen to learn uh, and and be involved and grow. That uh, they're easy to work with and, and they work their tail off. Mm. Uh, so that's been fun for me to have that kind of mentor kind of role for those two guys, and then obviously um, you know try to bring whatever I can to the table in terms of concepts and ideas for for Mike uh, to consider. And then we break up the scouting uh, duties between um, mostly between Brad and myself, and then Lennon uh, acts as a support for some extra stuff that that we would like to get done uh, and add to to what we've done the previous year. So uh, it's it's while you might lead up a scout, um, we also cross over and help each other out a little bit, right. and then. Um, and then on the, uh, we've also kind of broken up the offense and the defense a little bit. So I've tried to take more of a lead on the uh, structure of the team's offense and the evolution of the offense. And uh, and Brad sort of has um, started to take a bit of a lead on some of the defensive concepts. So while at the end of the day, everything runs through the head coach um, and he has to decide, uh, Mike Kelly has uh, a lot of confidence in in both of us and allows us to, to have our own space and, and, and make our own decisions as well. So team effort, but um, certainly, you know, designate certain roles. Yeah, nice. Okay, so just talking about the, the season, you know, we'll get into the semifinals a little bit in a little bit, but I just wanted to ask when the season started and, you know, you guys dropped a couple of those early games, like how did the group keep the belief and keep the focus that, you know, things were going to turn around and clearly they did, you know, towards the back end of the season? Yeah, I, I mean, I, internally I don't think that there was any um, panic or, or concern um, I mean, we were acutely aware of some of the errors that we've made in the first three games where, you know, we feel like we could have won. I mean, the, the, the first game against Sydney, we really felt we were in a great position. Obviously, the, the game against Illawarra, we felt we were in a great position uh, and, and quite possibly should have won those two. The, the game against Brisbane was probably the one that, that um, you know, we let get away from us. But... Um, we really felt we could have been two and one. And yeah. with a few adjustments, uh, if we're able to make them, you know, we knew that we were very, very close to putting together uh, some wins. And um, obviously that trip to Perth, in hindsight, you know, may have been the best thing for us because it, it, um, it kind of removed us from um, our comfortable environment in Cairns um, and, uh, and got us in, in that hostile place over there and we really can <laughs> Together for that game, I felt, um, and and got a great result, and uh, and we're able to there from from that point, you know, just find some confidence, um, obviously, and 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 that sort of reaffirmed our thoughts that you know we are a pretty dangerous team and, and could do some damage uh, if we can tighten up in a few areas. Yeah, so I guess yeah, the confidence built, and and you guys started putting together a, a string of wins too, which clearly helped you towards the back end of the season. But just talking about the semi-final series against Perth, like I'm a bit interested to know how, obviously, you know, having that intel of working in the Perth organisation, like how were you able to use that in terms of the scouting and just sort of having a bit of a heads up on on what you might face in that semi-final series. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's obviously some advantages to having been 
um, in the system and particularly the fact that the head coach um, is the same coach that that, um, that I worked with. So, and, and a lot of the players, there's key players there that, are, that were there while I was there. So having some of that intel helps, no doubt. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I think the rest of it is the same as every other team would do. You do your in-depth scouting and, and, and research on the players. Um, and then obviously, but then over to the players, I mean, you can deliver the greatest scout on earth and yeah. uh, if the players, if you can't communicate that well, if you can't break yeah. it down well to them, um, it's probably going to fail. Or if, um, you know, they may just not do a good job on that particular day or, or that thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, yes, I guess there's going to be some things that I'm going to have uh, good knowledge about that, that maybe not everyone else would have and I can help our players to perform and we have had really strong success against them over the last couple of years, even last, last year when we had a tough year, we still managed to win you yeah. know, in birth. And um, so yeah, maybe it helped a little bit. It's pretty hard to though put a, put a, um, any kind of um, you know, number to it. What percentage did it help? I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, yeah, a bit hard to just narrow it down to a couple of specific things, I guess. But on reflection, like if, if you guys had that series again, like what would you do differently? Win game one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had that game and uh, right there and, and um, you know, the, I'm sure they felt the same. It was, it was a heck of a game. Um, and, you know, look, one possession decided it and nobody knows which possession that was because both teams – made some great plays and both teams messed up on possessions and um, and they just ended up in front at the end. Um, so, you know, that one, obviously, you know, we feel like um, we still would have got game two up here and and, um, and therefore we would have been planning for a grand final. That's right. Game two. So, yeah, look, game one will always sit there as a little, uh, you know, spur, I guess, um, for, you know, moving forward because uh, – that could have been well. Maybe that was the series right there. So, yeah. you know, but it was it was certainly certainly an enjoyable series. It would have been that little bit more enjoyable if we had been able to get across the line. Yeah, yeah, and and like I say, um, I think the way you guys played and turned it around in game two, like, do the players like sort of talk about that in terms of the mindset of you know like next play, next next game, you know, like as soon as something's happened, it's just a case of maybe reflecting on it a little bit, but not not spending too much time there because you've got to prepare for the next thing. Well, I think that our guys have been tremendous this season at next play mentality and. Yeah. Um, so we've, while it's definitely something that we talk about with the group all the time, um, it's not been difficult. Um, you know, they, they've really adopted it and, and been great with it. So that wasn't a thing. Um, they weren't, while they were disappointed that we lost straight after the game, um, it was pretty quick that the talk from the group was pretty quick to turn around to what are we going to do differently in the next game? Um because I, mean, I think everyone felt like, you know, that we could have won that game and so therefore felt like we can definitely win games two and three. Um, mm. So that mindset was there very, very quickly. I think even before guys went to bed that night after after game one that they were already locked in and, and very focused on, yeah, we can do this. Like we feel we can really do this. So uh, that wasn't really a problem for us and I think that showed in game two I mean the guys really attacked the game strongly and and um, 
and you know we're all pretty proud of how they they performed after such a, a, a tough loss in that game one. Yeah, for sure. And working with Mike Kelly, obviously, um, I'm thinking that you guys first worked together when you went to the university games in 2017. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, um, you know, we, we got to uh, to go to Taiwan and, and compete in that competition. And that was that, you know, we sort of met, obviously, around the traps as you are as coaches, but it's just a, usually just a brief handshake and g'day and, and off you go. And if you go cutting film again, uh, so it was um, it was fun to spend some time with him and get to know him a little bit. And, and Mark Radford was there as well, who's a former uh, NBL assistant coach and, and uh, is heads up um, basketball Tasmania. So, you know, he's a great mind as well. So um, the three of us had a great time. Um, you know, we brought different experiences to the table and, and hopefully that helped, um, you know, the players enjoy that tournament but uh it was certainly fun to get to know mike at that point and, and i'm sure that um you know that's actually helped us in our working relationship here at taipans yeah nice and uh, does he um is he the sort of coach that draws from his playing experiences and in, in terms of the way he coaches because just watching him uh, on tv I, I saw cans play in brisbane a couple times i think and but he seems very calm you know like uh, nothing much rattles him um he did get flustered one game i think got a t but um but he seems very calm you know like is it uh, is that something that uh, part of that sort of style? Is that sort of something that you've you do as well? Well, I think you know he's he the thing he draws on from his own playing career um, is competitiveness, and yeah. you know I think more than anything, uh, I don't think I don't think you've ever heard him say, "Oh, this is how I guarded a guy," or "This is how I did it." Um, but he would speak about you know. I just expect that everyone thinks the way I did as a player and that's when you go out to play, you go out to play as hard as you possibly can and do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he has that mindset and, and he kind of has that expectation that that all the, all the players will play that way and have that, that thought. So, um, and we talk about that as a coaching staff and we talk about that as a team in terms of competing and, and, and making sure that you do everything you can to compete at your best. Um, and then I think the other thing from his playing days is, is that, you know, you you never want to give anything away to your opponent. So, you know, through challenging situations or, or high-stress times, the last thing you want to do is show that. And, um, you know, I yeah. think he's good at, at um, also keeping things um, pretty normal on the outside, uh, despite the fact that they could be going haywire at that moment on the inside <laughs> and then you, you kind of work your way through it. So I think he's he's good at keeping his composure um, under pressure, certainly to his team, which I think is an essential element as a coach. Um, if, you, if you get a little bit too distracted by some of those other things, it can certainly feed into the players and then the players start becoming distracted by stuff they can't do anything about as well. So, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely... Yeah, brought that to the table also. Yeah, fair enough. I think uh, one of the things you guys have got um, up there in Kansas is that great opportunity to, you know, have the NBL team and the and the QBL or now it's NBL one team, you know, working pretty closely together and get some good linkage and, and 
consistency across both programs. So I wanted to sort of ask you, is that something deliberate that you guys do in terms of getting that transfer of skill and knowledge, particularly from your import players um, that you've had? And you had three, you know, exceptional import players, I thought, this year to, to the locally based players. And like, do you, do you set up an environment where th- those guys can work sort of individually with your local players or how do you guys tackle that? Um, well, just I guess there's a couple of things within that, but the, the main point being that the, the Marlins uh, or Cairns basketball um, continue to work in close conjunction with the Taipans and to, to better basketball in Cairns um, and to help each other, you know, in their own space. So yeah. um, they aren't one in the same, but they do um, – that the two programs choose to work hand in hand, yep. which therefore means that there's a crossover of coaching staff, support personnel and players. Um, so it becomes um, a positive environment for um, development and you're able to tap into resources that each have and combine those resources. So, for instance, you know, the, the partnership with um, CQ University and sports science that's here, um, Cairns Total Physio, you know, the different arms that that help support the Taipans, yep. help support the Marlins because of that crossover of, of personnel. So um, you're, you're kind of able to deliver an NBL program 12 months of the year here in Cairns because of this. Yeah. And... You're, you're also able to have that, that underpinning team, um, again, something that no other team has. And so it's a huge advantage for, for uh, Cairns and, and the players in Cairns. Um, and it's something where we've seen before my time, but also, again, in my time, the transition of players from the, per, the edge of the NBL into the NBL and... and mm. Even this last year gone by that, you know, Anthony Fisher, George Blagojevich and Fabian Krislovich all moved up from the Marlins program into the Taipans playing 11. Um, And there's been many, you know, do it in the past. Even the likes of, you know, the Nathan Sobeys um, of the world that have come through the program, Mitch McCarran, um, you know, and Ken Glidden suited up. Uh, through the Marlins, like a whole bunch of guys who've gone on. Yeah. Damon, and a whole lot more we could go on. Yeah, Damon Hire would be another one. Damon, exactly. The list yeah. is long um, of guys that sort of started there. I mean, others have come in there after playing with the Taipans and then then played in the Marlins. But, um, but there's a whole bunch that actually got into the league because of this program. So it's a fun program to be in. It's something that I know even when I was at Perth, we talked about how do we do this um, and, and, and to this day, they still haven't been able to work it out um, with their local um, state body as to how they can have their own program operating in that space. So it's, it's a huge advantage and it's something I enjoy because of my, my background obviously originally is uh, largely in player development and, um, and you know, only probably the last... 15 years of my coaching has been in the senior side of it. There was, there was sort of, you know, a decade before that was totally dedicated to junior basketball and development basketball. Um, so it's fun to right now be in a position where I can, you know, be there from those uh, early days um, all the way through to to being on an NBL court. 
Yeah. And talking about player development, I guess one of the things I was thinking about was it just gives you that opportunity to, like, I guess for your fringe players, the guys you're sort of talking about, have a more of a like an annual plan for them almost, you know, like in terms of what their contribution is going to look like for the NBL season, but what your expectations are for the for the QBL or the state league season. And, and, you know, probably the guy that's on everyone's mind there is Will Magne, obviously, you know, had a huge uh, QBL season last year and, and then has been able to back that up with a pretty solid NBL season too. So do you sort of look at it that way in terms of like these things really fit closely together from a individual player development point of view? Well, I think they do. And, you know, the Magne one is, is a good example because he was playing for Sam McKinnon and Sam was running a lot of the stuff that they, was go- they were going to be doing at Brisbane. And so, therefore, it gave Will a chance to obviously not only have a huge role and, and, and high usage uh, and expectations, but he was doing it in a manner that was going to transition into the NBL team. Yep. And that is exactly what we're you know, doing here with, with five or six players every season. Yep. Um, and it, it could be a guy like that who's already in your system who you want to give extra exposure to. Um, and, and our example would be Anthony Fisher. And then um, then you've got the other side of it where recruiting Fabian Kristovic and George Lagojevic straight out of college and coming into the Marlins, we gave them an NBL plan when we first spoke to them. Yeah. So before they even agreed to come and play, we, it wasn't about so much coming to play for the Marlins. It was um, that that was going to be part of their long-term... Um, program their long-term um, plan, and you know we make, we do have because of that close close ties. We do things in the same way. We have the same staff, same coaching staff, same support staff, uh, similar structures. Um, but obviously, they're the ones under pressure, needing to perform. You know, game in, game out. Yeah. Um, and they've done that, and they, and they did that last season, and transition quite quickly um, into you know, NBL players and Fabian was was you know a key player for the Taipans this year. Mm, yeah. And is Tamari Wigness, is he, he'd have to be on the radar, wouldn't he, in terms of local Cairns player and just came off the Queensland under-20 or playing for Queensland under-20 and the Nationals. So obviously he's a big talent you guys would like to keep around. Yeah, well, Tamari's, um is, is certainly an outstanding talent and, and Cody Statman's another one of recent times. And, yeah. Cody's gone um, on to to college and and uh, second year now at Virginia, so in a great program there. And uh, you know we would love to see you know him come back and one day play for the Taipans, uh, being a Cairns kid. And and obviously Tamri, you know too, that would be great. It'd be a great story for that to happen. Tamri right now, obviously on his journey uh, down at the Centre of Excellence, and and um, you know he's exploring options around college or professional uh, life as his next step. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but he certainly has a close connection with the players and the staff and the program here, and, and he works out with us on a regular basis. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're excited for him and his future, and, and, you know, maybe that will be as a as a Taipan one day. But, um, you know, right now his focus is um, is down there at Centre of Excellence and, and working with those guys on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, linking in with, you know, the guys coming through the pipeline, just reading today, you've uh, signed, is it Majav King? Mo, how do you say his name? Mojave. Yeah. 
So uh, that's a good signing for you guys for NBL for 2021. Obviously in that Next Stars program. And is he, you looking for him to play with you guys in the Marlins too this year? Uh, that hasn't been part of any any discussions at this point. Um, you know, he's he's uh, he's an outstanding talent um, and a Queensland kid. Um, you know, represented the state uh, admirably at the junior level, and and obviously, um, you know, he's he's one that is aiming um, towards uh, a long professional career uh, wherever that may be. And obviously, right now, everything's on the table. So um, you know, this a step for him to get into the pro world uh, early, um, you know, hopefully it will play out well for him and, and he'll be able to to, uh, to to be a long-term pro at the highest level. Um, yeah. So, you know, look, everything everything we we know about him um, is positive and, and uh, he has a bright, bright future. And um, look, hopefully uh, he's going to really enjoy his, his – um, upcoming season with the Taipans and I'm sure he's going to, um, you know, contribute to uh, the team's success and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited about being able to work with with um, a young, talented player like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big things to watch out for. So let's talk about your season coming up, the 2020 um, NBL 1 North season. So third year as head coach, Jamie? Yeah, third year. Um, yes. So, and... Uh, you're still enjoying it. It uh, said mostly because of the fact that it's so closely linked to um, to the, the Taipans and what we do there. So uh, it's it's fun to, to keep pushing and, and pushing boundaries and, and growing players. Yeah, and pretty successful too in the last couple of seasons. So quarterfinals last year, um, got to the finals the year before that. I got knocked over by Townsville. I know Cairns Townsville rivalry is actually everything in North Queensland is pretty intense. Uh, Rocky and Mackay and Townsville and Cairns. So what do you, what do you think? Like, what are your initial thoughts about how the uh, rumble up there in the north is going to pan out? <laughs> Well, I mean, being someone from Geelong, uh, it was all a bit foreign to me. And, and, uh, <laughs> and in the first the first year or so, um, you know, it felt like every time we go play someone, everyone was telling me that they were, they were our biggest rival, you know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, look, obviously the Cairns, the Cairns Townsville one um, is 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 a big one, and and um, you know, I know both. Both teams get up for those for those games, and um, it's a, it's a bit of fun. And the crowds certainly, uh, yeah, the fans certainly get into it <laughs> and um, offer you plenty of advice when you're there in Townsville, <laughs> right behind the bench. And um, but no, it's fun. It's 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 um, it's all in good spirits, and uh, it's it's good to be in those those games with that um, that level of of uh, competition. Yeah, for sure. So, what sort of brand of basketball are you looking to play this year with your group? Yeah, I mean, we still haven't finalised our, our group, but, um, you know, at this stage, you know, looking at, at the, the lineup as it will potentially be, I mean, I think we're going to be able to play at a pretty high pace. And um, and so I think that's, that'll probably be a big thing for us. I think we've got, you know, some athleticism, some length and some shooting um, within the group. So I feel we can really, you know, push the tempo maybe a little bit faster than last year because I think last year we... We slowed down a little bit um, and um, you know, had, had a more variation to our pace. So we could play quick, but we, we, we certainly had slowed it down in patches and just tried to suit some of the players that we had. And, um, you know, while that worked well, um, uh, you know, this particular group I think is a little more mobile um, and certainly can push the pace of the games. 
Yeah, nice. And so what does uh, success look like for you guys this year? Do you, do you have a bit of a, I mean, everyone wants to win, obviously, uh, but like, so how do you break it down at this time of the year? Well, I mean, it depends on, you know, what hat I'm wearing at the time because if um, I'm wearing, you know, the tight pants cap, then it's about uh, player development and, and, you know, putting them in positions uh, individually where they need to need to grow and they need to experience success and failure and, and, and work things out. Um, and can I do that with, with those guys and put them in that those particular situations? Um, and then from obviously from a Cairns basketball perspective, you know, uh, they want to win and, um, you know, they want to win not only the, the, the north section but now that we're back to having a, 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 a more of a national championship, they want to win that too. So, you know, we want to win for sure, as you say. I think every, every team sets out to do that but we absolutely want to do that and it t- where that ties in for us is that the best games that you can play are finals games and yeah. um, that pressure cooker, you're playing obviously the best teams going around at the time, whether that's playing in the North Finals and, and, and playing the best team that season here or that's travelling down to play a National Final and playing you know the best from the South or the Central and, and um, putting your guys in that pressure cooker situation, um, you know, with short turnarounds, um, you know, foreign, foreign stadiums, um, you know, all the different challenges that come, that come with it. So these are things that we'd like to see how do players deal with challenges for an NBL season. So yeah. yes, we want to win, but two, that's where we get our best games. And so for player development, it's important that we, that we get there too. So, you know, for me, um, there's multiple layers, but, um, you know, we want to get to those games and we want to be in those games. And we want to be under that pressure and we want everyone that we play throwing everything in the kitchen sink at us every week because that's how we'll get better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Word on the street might have been one of the other North Queensland coaches told me this was that you guys it hasn't been a lot uh, announced as yet in terms of your playing group. But how's it looking? Like, have you got anything you can announce as yet? Or no, I can't announce anything um, today. But um, you know, I can say that we've had um, extremely positive uh, communication with um, with a bunch of players and um, and. I think we'll be a pretty strong team and uh, put ourselves in a position to be, you know, to try to achieve some of those things that we just spoke about. So it'll happen soon enough. I, it's it's not my space to be able to break news. It's the break club, the news. The club, <laughs> um, when the time is right uh, and everything's signed off, that they get to do that. Um, but, uh, look, it won't be far off before we make, um, you know, some, some key player announcements. And I think, um, you know, the people that, support the club will be quite happy, uh, you know, when they see the, the type of people that we've got, you know, representing them this season. Yeah, nice. Just finally, like, uh, just your thoughts on the NBL One North branding that's a bit new for um, QBL this year. Like, how do you think that's going to help with the profile of the league? And also, I guess it will fit in nicely with what you do there with the with the tight pants too. Yeah, it does. I mean, I I was involved in the, the, um, the Seagull when the ABA still existed, um, in in 2006 with the Supercats, we won um, the the national championship as well as winning down there in the Seawall. So, and then then in 2010 had that chance to we won the Seawall. We didn't have the national championship, so right. I, uh, which was disappointing because you wanted to go on and play 
that next game, uh, yeah. and I knew what that was like, and and so um, it's exciting that that's happening again for all players, and and would love nothing more than to be able to play in those games um, again because they are fun, and and so it's great for all players to be able to test themselves at that level, or hopefully test themselves at the level their team is is good enough. Um, but from an exposure point of view uh, as well, it's it's great for some of these guys. Everyone talks about, well, you know, this guy in this league or this guy in that league and he's better than him. Well, here's a chance to show it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you, you may be able to go up against a direct competitor that is vying for a position on an NBL team, whether it be as a development player or, or a roster player that, you know, clubs are looking at. Well, maybe you get a chance to, to play them and, and be in that environment and, and test yourself against those guys or certainly against guys that are already in the league. So, you know, if you get a chance to go up against Will Magne as a young centre uh, from one of the other leagues, then, you know, everyone kind of is comfortable what he can do at an NBL level. Well, maybe you can show that, that you can deliver as well. So it's exciting for um, all the players at that level that have aspirations of playing in the NBL um, to to potentially, you know, show their wares and, and the branding around it and the public awareness around it is probably the last point in that that um, you know some of these guys who are performing very very well at that at that sort of second tier in this country yeah. um, more exposure and, and perhaps leads to opportunities not just in the NBL but maybe uh, internationally as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good um, summary of it. I think like um, and, and I was keen to get your insights into yeah how the you know someone looking at playing in NBL one and, and sort of how that might translate into something in NBL for him in the, in the future. And, and you hit that one pretty well, I thought. So that was good. So uh, Jamie, that's about it for me for today. So uh, I just wanted to wish you guys all the best of luck. Um, really interested to see uh, who, who you got on the roster this year, but um, we'll find out in due course. And um, like I said, all the best for the season. And thanks again for jumping on the podcast with me today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, absolute pleasure, and uh, it's great that um, that you're doing what you're doing to uh, you know to get some of that information out there about all the different clubs and, and what they're doing because um, you know these these state league clubs are lifeblood of the game and um, and do a, a power of work at grassroots level and and, and help uh, everyone um, and help all the NBL teams in in their success. So. Um, you know, it's fun to, to be able to talk about that and hear about it from, you know, what everyone else is doing. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, thanks again, mate, and uh, all the best. We'll see you around during the season. All the best. Thanks, man. Bye. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at australianbasketballcoach at gmail.com. That's australianbasketballcoach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Coach and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you, and thanks again for listening. 